In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. And you made this? What is going on, all of you beautiful listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all basketball. I am Taylor Call. As always, I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's going on? Today, we have a huge announcement for you guys. We are thrilled to announce that we have signed a contract to be part of underdog podcasts and so we are thrilled about that big things happening for us be sure to check them out follow them on social media be sure to follow us on social media because i mean if you're listening to the show and you're not following on social media what are you doing how are you going to harass us for our takes unless you follow us on social media I mean, just one thing leads to another. No, but we are super, we're super excited about that. Super excited to be working with Underdog. They have really good systems set up for podcasters. They have a lot of good shows on their platform, and we're just thrilled to be a part of that. So huge shout out to them. Be sure to check them out. Big things happening for the pod. Huge shout out to the listeners once again. Huge thank you to you guys for all your support. And big things coming down the pipe here in the next little bit. So we're super excited to announce that. Grateful for all of you guys. But today, we have more basketball to talk about. Yes, it's not a dream. It is. We still have basketball to talk about. I don't know about you guys, but it's just so nice to just turn on the TV and there's just basketball on. It's phenomenal. There's been some really good games so far, too. So... So many overtimes. (laughs) So many overtimes. Wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah, really. So many overtimes. So super excited to be talking about more basketball today. Really what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about players and teams that are off to a slow start. Are we panicking or are we buying low? And the same thing with teams off to a – and players off to a good start. Is it time to sell high or is it time to – sit on that investment and buy even more in these teams we're gonna be talking about all that today but first you guys already know how it works we have some awards to give out hooper of the week good hustle award dion take it away with your hooper of the week all right so mine is gonna be quick uh this team i think surprised a lot of people 
and we kind of called it here at the podcast and that is the Chicago Bulls those they are my hoopers of the week after tonight they're going to be first in the <laughs> beating the Boston Celtics oh <laughs> I can't even say it but no in all seriousness they they've been playing phenomenal they have two players averaging about 25 points a game Vucevic is averaging a double double Lonzo's going crazy too uh I have to give them Hooper, Hooper of the Week. They only lost one game, and it, they don't seem like they're about to stop at any time soon. It's a great pick. I mean, they yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I got some shit to say about the Celtics in a minute, but, yeah, Bulls. Ooh, I, can't, I can't wait to. Really well. I had, I, I'll fully admit, I mean, we'll talk about the Bulls in a second, but I had fully prepared to come here today and rain on the Bulls parade a few days ago and be like everyone needs to chill out with the bulls um and then they took it to the jazz and then they won again tonight Mm -hmm. against the celtics coming from behind so Mm -hmm. i mean the proof is in the pudding at the moment that's that's a good pick it's a good pick they're playing well yeah they they really convinced me when they beat the jazz and i was like i was like okay they mean business and we said that they were going to win a lot of regular season games but I'm starting to believe something else too. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe it's time to believe. Just maybe. Yeah. BJ, who's hooping? Hooper of the week, man, is going to none other than Julius Randle from the New York Knicks. And not just for on the court, but um, he had an interview last week before the Sixers game with Shaq, Ernie, Chuck, Kenny. And they straight up asked him, like, how do you prevent yourself from going through the same struggles you did last postseason where you kind of hit a wall and weren't as efficient? And he straight up said, you know, I take ownership. I watch film. I got to do better. It's just got to be on me to do better. And the ironic part is they were playing the 76ers right before he – or before he said this. And uh, it just kind of shows you the accountability for himself and why the Knicks are off to such a good start. Um, The the Knicks are number one in the East as of right now. But a big part of that is Randall utilizing his teammates, being more efficient. And doing the dirty work because he committed himself on defense and just uh, playing basketball the right way. And that's what you really love to see is guys who take accountability and it shows the very next season, unlike some players we don't need to talk about every week. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I kind of anticipated uh, kind of like it's not a sophomore slump, but like, you know, a little bit of a slump from Julius Randle coming into this season like I thought he was going to get more attention from defenses which he is and you know maybe what we saw from us the last season was mirage but no the playoffs were a mirage Julius Randle is an absolute unit and like VJ saying I love his attitude that's exactly who you want losing leading your team and so I give him the most credit for turning the Knicks around from an absolute dumpster fire into really mm-hmm. good team so we'll talk about the Knicks here in a minute as well yeah um yeah that's a good pick my Hooper of the week I've had a tendency to go outside of our sport for Hooper of the week and so my first Hooper of the week I'm going outside of our sport again <laughs> um for those of you who don't know I my family are all big uh BYU football fans for college football and I'm, I'm a BYU fan as well. I didn't go there. Both my parents went there. I have siblings who went there. Um, so I, I, I'm a BYU football fan. And they played the absolute wildest college football game I've ever seen in my life 
late Saturday night. It was the late game, so not a lot of people saw it. Versus Virginia, the game ended 66 to 49, and I believe it was 38 to 42 at halftime. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> wild. Like they were just wearing out the grass, just marching up and down on offense. It was it was wild. <laughs> That's crazy. And BYU really only won because the quarterback for the uh, for Virginia broke his ribs and had to come out. But I mean, cool. I digress. But my first hooper of the week comes from that game, and it's Tyler Algier for the BYU Cougars. He's their running back. And he only, on Saturday night, he only rushed 29 times for 266 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Like, my man hit the hole, and the Cavs wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> they turned the other way. Just like, nope, I'm, I'm good on that. So, uh, yeah, wild game. Um, thought I'd give the, the BYU Cougars a shout-out. But more importantly, my real hooper of the week, in all seriousness, goes to Michael Johnson, the son of Ernie Johnson, who passed away this week. Um, if you're not familiar with who that is and that story, go look it up, um, but be careful. Um, you probably want to be, you know, if you're image conscious at all, you probably want to be by yourself because it is difficult to watch videos about ernie johnson his son and not get emotional like i'm a grown-ass mm -hmm. man i'm not particularly emotional but like you know that you know it starts to get a little stuffy when you're watching those videos just such an inspirational relationship between ernie johnson and his son michael um if you're not familiar with the story ernie johnson obviously host of uh nba on tnt he adopted michael from an orphanage in romania when he was three years old brought him back to the United States and found out that he had a condition called mus muscular dystrophy, which okay. is a condition, there's no cure. And when a person has muscular dystrophy, it's very difficult for them to do anything on their own. Uh, they can't walk, they can't care for themselves. Uh, it's very difficult and a painful condition. But to hear Ernie Johnson and Michael, for that matter, talk about their relationship and his disability and what that means to them is just inspirational. And Michael was supposed to not make it past his early to late teens, I believe. He was supposed to, mm -hmm. doctor said that he was going to die in his teens, but he made it to 33 years old and did more in those 33 years than most people do in an entire life. So really inspirational. Look it up. Like a little bit sad that he's gone, but also um, just really awesome that he lived as long as he did and did what he did. So Hooper of the Week, got to be Michael Johnson. Be sure to look yeah. that up. It's a great so, story. Yeah. It's a really yeah. good story. I need to go look it up because I genuinely – Yeah, it tugs at the heartstrings for sure. Yeah. I was literally just mm -hmm. watching the video again right before we recorded, and I know the story, and I'm still, like, you know, choking up a little bit. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's just beautiful. Like – and Ernie Johnson is just a real one. He just is. He's just a great guy, a great person. Um, knows hoops, like, has just been around forever. And is just, like, the nicest person, you know, based Thanks. on everyone who's met him. So be sure to look that up. It'll totally brighten your day. So sad to hear of his passing, but happy with everything that he was able to do for 
all of us. So really happy about that. All right. Let's come down a little bit. And let's get negative, shall we? Let's give out some good hustle awards. I present this good hustle award to one Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid the other day, I mean, he's off to a kind of slow start this season. Um, Definitely struggling with the new foul rules. He had a tendency last year to, let's say, accentuate contact. Let's let's say that. (laughs) That's the nice way to put it. Accentuate contact. More like pretend to be hit by a vehicle anytime he's touched by a defender, but I digress. But that's not why I'm giving him this good hustle award. Joel Embiid the other night had a great play. Playing against the Pistons, in which the Sixers did get a dub. I mean, it's the Pistons, so, I mean, Duke could probably beat them. But he got an offensive rebound and then had a sweet dunk over the top of rookie Luca Garza. And Joel Embiid not one to do something like that quietly lets the rookie know exactly what was up with that play and says something to him is yelling in his direction and the official had heard enough and tees him up gives him the t and what is joel Embiid's explanation for the technical official official i was talking to myself <laughs> yeah, I may have been looking directly at Luca Garza and speaking very loudly so that he could hear me, but I was just talking to myself, you know, like, you know how it is, just trying to hype myself up, talking, you know, telling somebody else they're trash while looking at them and speaking loudly so they could hear me, but I was just talking to me, you know. I needed to tell myself that he's garbage, you know. Official didn't buy it. He was teed up. And so for that <laughs> attempt to get out of that technical, Joel uh, Embiid. I think the ref should have given good hustle too. Like that was kind of soft. Yeah, the I mean, Joel Embiid. Those shouldn't be calls in the first place. That uh, like, like that's just so. I, soft. I, I I'm kind of like with you. The ref should be, but I mean, but that's I'm, the way I'm to call you. it. Yeah. I like. I. It's not on the official. That is the rule. I. I kind of agree that I think the 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 rule was a little soft. Like, if you dunk on a guy's head, you should be able to let him know. Like, exactly. That's the whole point of basketball. <laughs> I mean, you play at the rec, you know, 24 hours. That excuse hours is fitness. terrible. So, like, but that excuse is pretty bad. Though, so. that, that's why he's getting yeah. this good hustle award. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. just hey. accept it. Like, yeah, I told the rookie exactly what's up. And, you know, it's all <laughs> like, good. But, like, come on, you're going to try and explain it away as I'm talking to myself. Come on, Joel. Good, good hustle out there. <laughs> Your best, the best excuse you could come up with. I'm talking to myself. Give you know, just that positive self talk. You know, I've been reading this book about how, you know, <laughs> come on, Joel. Yeah, what? <laughs> you're, you're killing me with that. All right, VJ, who's, who's hustling? Uh, it's with a little yeah. bit of not surprise that I give this good hustle to the Boston Celtics. Um, not to pile on here, but uh, I think the Celtics, and I'll, I'll save some, but a little bit for later too, but it's a little repeat. They're playing some really bad basketball to start the season. Um, they're shooting a lot of three-pointers, and they're letting teams off the hook, which is kind of costing them games. Um, Jason Tatum, who I obviously I do like him as a player, but he's shooting 27% from three to start the year. And he's letting the defense off the hook. So, like, what point is it if he's getting all his muscle, if he's just going to stand out there and shoot threes? Um, they just do not seem to really be playing together. 
And the irony of my good Hooper award for the New York Knicks is that all the Knicks did was add the Celtics backcourt in Evan Fournier and Kimball Walker. So if anybody who was really helping the Knicks out, it was the Boston Celtics. And I don't know if it's just like a coaching thing or, you know, is there a culture problem in Boston? But these players who went to New York are playing a lot better and the Celtics seem to be getting worse, you know, if not better. So good hustle to the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Um, the Celtics, another team we're going to talk about here in a minute, but I'm not happy. They are completely deserving of that good hustle award. So I'll save my ammo for when we talk about them later. I, yeah, I might be harder on them than both of you are. I, I actually, to be honest, I really just want to hear what you, what you got to say. I want to hear your rant because it's, if it's as anywhere near what mine was for the Dallas Mavericks last year, it's going to be quite a show. So yeah. stay tuned. Um, it is still early. There's still lots of time to turn it around. Um, they're not like zero and six. I think they're two and four now. Two and five. So like two and five. Yeah. So I mean, you know, still very early, but I'm I'm not happy. I'm unwell. <laughs> I am unwell. Watching, also, watching they, the Celtics t- tonight. They gave up thirty nine points in the fourth. All I'm happy about is 11. that I didn't have to watch this fourth quarter collapse. Thank God <laughs> I had class. You don't have league pass, you're good. <laughs> oh, and the, the other night when I sent out that message, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in my life. They were 0 for 18 from the three. That was tough. Yeah, but I'm let's, keep let's keep shooting them. Let's <laughs> keep shooting Just keep shooting them. Just keep shooting I, I, I think they finished I'm two unwell. for 26. Okay. I think it's they like finished the game two for 26. You know, with the dog, and he's just in a house that's like completely engulfed in flames, and he just says, this is fine. "That's how <laughs> this I feel right fine. now. This is fine. This is fine." Can't close out games shooting like absolute shit. This is fine. But hey, we got new unis, right? Hey, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we got they new unis. Beautiful. It's all good. They look crazy. <laughs> oh, good lord! All right, Dion, who's who's hustling? So. They kind of redeemed themselves tonight because they they won a game, but I'm still gonna give it to them. The Indiana Pacers, I don't know what is going on there. I genuinely, oh. from the bottom of my heart, have no clue what they're doing. They have so many pieces, but they just keep losing. Before tonight, they were the bottom of the East, and they have players like Duarte. They have Brogdon, Sabonis, Turner, and Clarice Levert came back tonight, so they won the game when he came back. And the thing that bothers me is Rick Carlisle. Like, I'm so glad he's gone from Dallas because his coaching right now is sus. How can you go and play Turner one game and Turner goes off for 40 points and 10 rebounds and then rise the bench for 48 minutes the next game? And he was completely what? Yeah. What? He, he went 40. He, the the second game of the the second game of the season, he went 40 and 10. You're trying to prove a point or something? Like, and then you just rode, rode the bench the whole next game. He played like 10 minutes, I think. That is so weird. Right? It just doesn't make any sense. Why? What? Huh. And he wasn't injured. That is odd. Hmm. You were right. Huh? Oh. is <laughs> another team we're going to talk about in a sec. I need to yeah. ponder that. Deion has mm. just dropped some knowledge that now I'm thinking. Yeah. About. The wheels Sound are like turning. some Luke that Walton. Is... Luke yeah, Walton. That's, yeah, that's some Luke Walton shit if I've ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like it, it just makes no sense. Like I was expecting, I was not expecting them to make the playoffs or anything, but I wasn't expecting them to be in the last three teams in the East. 
I know it's early, but they can't win again. Yeah, that's yeah. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about all these hot starts and poor starts. And since we're kind of leading into them, let's start with with some slow starts that we need to talk about. So let's talk about the way the way that we we think about this is is it time to panic with these teams and these players or is it time to buy low? Is it just a mirage of like a slow start? We've seen plenty of slow starts that turned around and turned into something special. Uh, the first name that comes to mind is Paul George last year. Paul George got off to a really bad start last year. Ended up having a really good year. Um, the Nets had a slow start last year. They were perfectly fine. Um, so, I mean, it's is it time to panic with these teams or is it time to buy low? And the first thing we need to talk about is the Lakers. Dion, are you panicking with the Lakers or are you buying low? I'm buying low. I already said it last week. They just they gonna click at some point, and because uh, like I said last week, LeBron James when they started in Miami, they started off slow, and then they started to click, and then they won the championship. So I'm not I'm not concerned whatsoever. I actually had a conspiracy theory, like just like by myself basically that LeBron skipped a couple games just to get Russ like in rhythm. Like, let him play without him and just, like, let him get hot. I generally think so because I don't think – when did he get hurt? Like, I just – it was a sus, sus to me. So, um, but, yeah, it, like, if it was that – if that was the strategy, it kind of worked because, like, Russ is kind of getting rhythm, getting points, getting rebounds, getting assists. The first couple games, he was horrible. And now he's the reason why they won the past couple games. BJ, are you buying low or are you panicking? Yeah, I'm I'm buying low as well. Um, like I said last week, um, I think around Christmas time is where I'll really weigh in and decide how I feel about the Lakers. But I'm definitely buying low for them right now. Um, they haven't played ten games, and they added the only two, the only three remaining players from last year's roster is uh, Tht, who was hurt, Anthony Davis, who was hurt most of the time last year, and then LeBron, who's thirty six. So. They have a lot of new pieces to integrate, and some of them aren't even healthy yet. Trevor Reza hasn't played a game yet. Um, Kendrick Nunn has been out. So I think Frank Vogel is still figuring out combinations and pieces. And um, I think once, you know, Westbrook gets a lot of minutes with the second unit, you might see the best Laker team. Well, he starts but gets most of his run with the um, bench because, you know, they got a lot of pieces to figure out. But I'm definitely buying low um, with the Lakers. Yeah, I think I'm also buying low. Once again, a couple days ago, when let's hope it's the low of their season when they blew a oh, please, twenty-six yeah, point please. lead to the Thunder. That was rough. That was that was a that, that was, was a really tough look. No cap, tough look. That, that was rough. Letter. Um, letter. Yeah, let, let's hope that was rock bottom <laughs> for their season, and it's only up from here. But LeBron is back, and since LeBron has been back, they've won games and they've looked much better. So yeah. Car- Carmelo Anthony's balling out of control. Yeah. Oh my god. He looks like New York Mellow coming off the bench. So like man, that's that's man. reason for optimism. <laughs> Russell six Westbrook. Like Mello. <laughs> Russell Westbrook has to figure it out. But I think he will at some point. Yeah. And so I, I think I'm also buying low on the Lakers. But um at the same time, they are one Anthony Davis or injury away from it's time to panic. Mm-hmm. As long as Anthony Davis is healthy and playing basketball, I'll buy low. 
but the second he gets injured, when he gets injured, I'm probably selling everything. So I'm with you on that. By the way, in that Lakers game, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. Russell Westbrook got tossed with like, what was it, like two seconds left? Two seconds left. Because Darius Baisley stole the ball and dunked it with leaving like 1.5 seconds on the clock. I think the Thunder were up six or seven at the time, I want to say. And Russ was pissed. And he talked about it afterwards and saying that you just don't do that. You don't do that. Dion, what was your reaction to that? Does Russ have a point or is he overreacting? No, he definitely has a point. Like, I hate that. I really don't. I don't like that. Uh, the game is over. Dribbling it out and just let it go, bro. Or just like you, you don't have to go up for the dunk. Just dribble it out. You already won the game. What is the point? Like, it just, you're you're it kind just of old school. It. You're with the unspoken rules of like you just dribble it out and call yes. it a day. Yes. Like I get it. Like if it was somebody like who never plays, maybe they just want to get points. But like basically as a starter, like you, you should know better. DJ, did you have a problem with it? Um, here's why I did not have a problem because, like, I think when you were up 26, everything was cool. Like, you were beating your chest and everything was cool. But the only problem you got is when you lose a lead and now you kind of rubs it in. Because normally, like, if you steal the ball, you, you should pull it out and, like, wait for the clock to kind of resolve. You, you shouldn't go do that. That's an unwritten rule, like we know. But the only thing is, like, that the Lakers deserve that. Like, you blow a 26-point lead to the OKC Thunder. Like, come on, Russ. You you got to take that one on the chin. It's circumstantial. I say I didn't have a problem with it. This That's time. fair. That's fair. A- absolutely. 1,000%. Like, I actually agree with both of you. Like, should Darius Baisley have just pulled <laughs> yeah. it out? Yes. That is the classy thing to yeah, do. Yeah, normally. That is, that is the kind thing to do. That is the classy move. But he decided to dunk it. And guess what, Russ? You don't get to have a problem with it. You don't. <laughs> like, if you don't want him to dunk it, don't turn it over right there. Like, you you don't get to have a problem with that. Like, you can be as old school as you want. But if you don't turn the ball over and you're not behind, he doesn't dunk it. So control what you can control. Like, yes, it would have been better if he didn't. But clearly, it, to me, it just seemed like Russ was mad about the game about blowing a 26-point lead to a pretty poor roster of his former team. And so I'd be mad about that, too, but it clearly manifested in the form of Darius Baisley dunking the ball. So you should be mad about your more about your performance that night than Baisley deciding to dunk. So, like, it should be one of those things that, like, if he decides to do it, like, okay. He clearly didn't do it to spite you. Like, he was just trying to pad the stats a little bit. Like, just just let it go. Just let it go. All right. So we're we're in agreement on the Lakers then. We're buying low. We think it's just up from here. Then let's talk about the Nets. BJ, are you panicking with the Nets or are you buying low? Um, I'm buying low here too. It just for the Nets, whenever you have two superstars of that caliber, I don't think you can really um panic in just yet. Um, and I feel like James Harden will round in the form. I'm at least assuming just given his body of work. And like if Kevin Durant is on the court, you have a good chance to win a lot of your ball games. Um, I, I'm buying now. I am very weary, though, of the Kyrie Irving situation if they do get him back. And then this is a, another conversation for another time. But I 
do not think Steve Nash uh, knows what he's doing just yet. But I'm still buying low for the Brooklyn Nets. That's fair. I'm a, I'm a, I'm right with, I'm right there with you. Uh, I don't think it's time to panic at all. Um, James Harden's going to man up. He's going to f- figure out a way to score without the calls. Um, I know that a lot of people are looking at him and like, oh, he can't score without street throws. Okay, but he's still like one of the top players in this league and he's going to figure it out regardless. By and low because they're in eighth right now and I don't think they will finish that low. They'll definitely have home court advantage at the end of the day. Uh, but I am not as confident in saying that they will finish one or two in the East right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the fence about the Nets. Like, I agree with you that they won't finish in eight. Um, they will be higher than that. But this whole situation is a recipe for disaster. We're already seeing Kevin Durant acting out, getting tossed last night. Should have been tossed against the Pacers for kicking the ball into the stands. Um, he is already starting to lose his cool. And he is playing extremely well. But the personalities in the Nets locker room do not aren't very patient and they don't handle adversity very well. And so you have a very young head coach and Steve Nash, not a very vocal, like, you know, correct the ship kind of coach. You know, we've seen that he's been very like laid back and kind of let the players handle a lot of these things in the locker room. And so if they, if things don't get good very fast for Brooklyn, this team could implode. And we have we already have the Kyrie situation. There hasn't been a peep in a few weeks about that. So we don't know. We still don't know if Kyrie is coming back. You have James Harden, who's off to a horrible start. I do agree that I think he'll figure it out at some point. But what's the record going to be when they figure when he figures it out? And you have KD, who has one of the softest mentals and dirtiest games in the NBA of he's dropping great game after great game. And they're only four and three and he's already over it. He is not here for a slow start. You already see him acting out. And so if they don't turn things around really quick, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't trust the personalities that the nets have. I don't see anybody that they have there. Who's just going to be like, all right, everybody calm down. We'll be fine. There's just a lot of, overreactions waiting to happen in that locker room and so my gut tells me they'll be fine like KD will continue to ball out the way that he has but I'm not the way Kevin Durant has been acting doesn't give me a lot of confidence that like they're they're gonna be fine that's, so I don't that's know what fair. to think about the Nets that that's fair that's fair I was I was gonna comment on KD's temper because he's been losing his cool in this past couple games but then I was looking at their um, at their games, the games they played, and they don't really have bad losses. They played. They had the toughest schedule today. They played the Bucks. They played the Sixers. They played the Hornets. They played the Wizards. They played the Heat. So all those losses are come from great teams. Teams that are five and one, five and two, or whatever. So they also lose to the Pacers though. No, they won. Oh, they the, won that game. They, they, they won that game. The Pacers. Um, so I'm not. So that's that's why I'm like, 
not on the fence. That's why I'm still buying low because their losses are not bad losses yet. So I'm still pretty confident. Since since we're using the stock market metaphor, I'm not selling the stock the net stock I have, but I'm not buying more. I'm I'm sitting. You're holding. There. You're holding. I'm holding. Yeah, hold that. I don't I don't like what I've seen. Like the the record doesn't worry me. Four and three is fine. Like yeah. that's nothing. But Katie's outburst and Harden's slow start is what's giving me pause. Uh, it is entirely possible that maybe Harden doesn't figure it out, that he is a low-end all-star this year instead of a top-10 player, that he doesn't you know, put up James Harden-like numbers this year. He continues to struggle from the field. And who knows what happens to KD if that happens. The Nets supporting staff is not very good. Mm-hmm. Joe, Harris is, Joe Harris is pretty good, but other than that, they don't have a whole lot to back up KD if James Harden can't and Kyrie doesn't come back. That's so I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Kevin I, Durant I is not a very patient When they're going to figure out the, K, the Kyrie part because yeah. it's been two weeks already. Yeah, well, in terms of the Nets, they have figured out the Kyrie part of their yeah. playing without him. And so Kyrie <laughs> needs to figure out. <laughs> Kyrie needs to figure out his part. Yeah. That's fair. So I, I don't know about the Nets. Let's talk about the Celtics, shall we? Um, I'll go first. It is absolutely time to panic with the Celtics. Absolutely. I don't know what I'm Yudoka has going on with his rotations, with his coaching, but it has just been an unmitigated disaster so far. Like, this guy has looked like a rookie head coach, and I like him. I want him to succeed, but he's not. He's just making rookie mistakes. Of his team has thus far been unmotivated and undisciplined. He's not challenging calls that should be challenged for like inexplicable reasons. His lineups have made no sense down the stretch of games. He keeps switching between Al Horford and Robert Williams. Like I, I don't know what he's doing. It is absolutely time to panic. Whether they're right or wrong. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown absolutely feel the need to try and carry this team on their back. And thus far, the rest of the roster has been dead weight. Dead weight. Jason Tatum is shooting so poorly because he's forcing. And I don't know if he should be forcing or not, but the rest of the roster has done nothing to help him. Marcus Smart is an absolute liability down the stretch of games. He is probably the biggest reason we have trouble closing games out is Marcus Smart completely changes everything about his game in the fourth quarter. Like, yes, he still plays defense, but suddenly he wants to play hero ball and start hawking up threes down the stretches of games, and it is killing us. <sighs> I, I don't know what to do with this roster. Like, the roster is talented enough to where we should be winning games, and maybe soon we'll start winning games. I don't know. But right now, they look terrible, and nothing has shown me that – there's reason for optimism at this point. They'll probably finish around where they finished last year at this point, which is eighth, ninth seed playing games. And I don't see any reason for optimism at this point. I don't know why this early in the year, we're talking about a team that looks unmotivated. It just pisses me off. Mm. They don't know how to close out games. And part of it is just an effort thing. 
they don't want to finish games strong. So, yes, I'm panicking. DJ, are you panicking with the Celtics? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Um, they look, if not the same, worse than last year. Honestly, um, they still don't play together for some reason. Like I know people thought Brad lost the locker room, but they just don't seem to really play together. No matter who's the head coach, um, I don't know if there's like some culture thing going on there, where like there's a lot of guys who play. Um, I instead of we basketball, not calling Jason Tatum a selfish player, but when you're putting up nearly 30 shots a game, that that's a lot. And then they're not really shooting well from three, but that seems to be what they rely on to win games. Ironically, and I agree on the Marcus Smart point. Like he is a great defender and probably the guy that hustles the most. But when it comes down to fourth quarter, I think he thinks his jersey says Lillard on the back because he tries to really will the team to victory. Um, and then again, like I I think Udoka is going to be a good coach maybe, but I don't understand the lineups. I, I really don't. Like you bring in Enos Cantor as a free agent, you give him money to ride the bench. He's not a great defender at all by any means, but he does give you offenses inside. If you shoot too many threes, dump it down to him. Just a thought. Um, Dennis Schroeder, like I said, I don't know. I feel like he's still in the weird phase of trying to recoup the money he lost from free agency, but – I'm absolutely panicking because I didn't think the Celtics would get off to this bad of a start. Because they do have a roster that is at least competitive and should not be like 10th or 11th in the East. And the roster is healthy. There's not yeah, really like, an excuse for mm-hmm. why we're off to a poor start. That's fair. That's fair. What do you think, uh, I mean, I never bought in the first place, so I have nothing to sell. Oh, uh, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> okay, Dion, please. please. I mean, they, they're they're exactly where I thought they were gonna be at the end of the year. I thought I actually thought they were gonna be a little bit better than what they're right now because they got the players and Jalen Brown. The first game looked like a first team All NBA. He was not missing a shot, and then the next game comes out and screws the pooch. Um. They, they are not consistent. They're both shooting like 30 shots a game, and I don't understand. Uh, I get that you're saying they're forcing and everything, but you got to pass the ball around in order to make plays, and they're not passing the ball. They're, they're, they're afraid of contact. That's why they don't go down low, and they only shoot threes, and they miss them. They're, they're not hot at this point, so why not just go down low and just have Jason Tatum drive, you know? He's not driving like he used to. And he put up weight. So what What was the point of putting up that weight? And, yeah, that, like I said last week, Ime is looking like a – like he look, he's looking real brand new right now. That's all I got to say. He's looking <laughs> real brand new. that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are taking a ton of shots right now. I totally agree. And I've seen stretches, i.e. the beginning and the middle of games, where the Celtics are playing the correct brand of basketball. They're passing. They're moving the ball. They're playing together. But it has become clear to me that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do not trust their teammates down the stretch. And so I, but my question is, I don't know if that's on JT and JB or if I don't know if that's on the teammates. I don't know if they're totally justified and they shouldn't trust their teammates because I mean, like I said with Marcus Smart, he should absolutely not be trusted on offense down the stretch. But, and and that's my question is if suddenly Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were like, okay, um, we're going to trust our teammates to work as a unit. 
down the stretch, is that an improvement? Does that actually help us? It does because like you just you're not taking bad shots anymore. And and I get like you don't trust your teammates, but to some degree you're gonna have to do it if you want to win games. It doesn't matter who you have on your team because you if you're a great player, you're gonna find a way to elevate their game as well. And we're not talking about scrubs because they have Dennis Schroeder, they have Al Orford, they have who else they have? Ingus Cantor. They, these these are players that have been around. And they know how to play. So, and they're NBA players. So, you're going to need to start trusting them uh, to some degree, at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. As much as it pains me, because I don't trust the rest of the roster down the stretch currently. Whenever Marcus Smart touches the ball in the fourth quarter, I just like put my head down. And I'm like, please do not. And then he, does. <laughs> he, sh- he shoots it always. Um, I, I don't know. Something. I feel like something has to change. Mm-hmm. It's only been seven games, I think, but I've I've seen enough. I think something has to change. But, I mean, I guess it is a reason for optimism because Brad Stevens has already shown his GM that he is willing to pull the trigger on some deals. And Danny Ainge may not have been willing to pull the trigger on. And as well as he knows this roster, I don't think he's going to let us – just have another season like we did last year because I knew it just killed him just to watch this team, like not give it's all and, you know, stumble into the playing games and require Jason Tatum to put the team on his back only to, you know, to take one game off the nets. Um, so I think that's it's probably sooner rather than later. I think the Celtics make a move. I don't know if it's a good move. I hope it's a good move. Yeah. But I feel like they're going to make a move within a month if this keeps up i don't think mm-hmm. brad's gonna sit on it very long if things keep going this way that's fair also i'm looking at the boss score from tonight i didn't watch the game but what went wrong because they did stat wise they were no they were decent like, what that, went that, wrong? that's this is the question i keep asking myself of they just have trouble closing games out mm-hmm. there's not even like Jalen and jason shot 30 shots each they both shot 20 so and they were winning. Yeah. Like they were winning up until like six minutes left. So, yeah, I mean the Bulls Weird. went on a seventeen to two run at the start of the fourth. We were yeah. at ten, and then the Bulls just buried us in the fourth quarter. So I don't, I don't know. I'll have to watch the highlights and see what happened tonight. But Demar Derozan though, thirty seven points. Ooh, fifteen for twenty two. That's kind of, that's, that's kind of saucy. I, I'm, I like Derozan. Mm-hmm. Fifteen like for twenty Derozan. shooting. That's yeah. Yeah. We need to rose them. That's what we need. We just need a guy just to go to the basket every single time he has the ball. Like I would love to rose him on the Celtics too late now, but (laughs) that's all right. Anywho, let's talk about the Suns for a second. Suns obviously went to the finals off to an iffy start. BJ, are you selling on the Suns or are you buying low? Um, this is the <laughs> hardest one for me, actually. So, so I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it's time to panic. And hear me out, dude. Just hear me out, dude. Um, I think it's time to panic only for the simple reason, and we all kind of talked about it preseason a couple episodes ago. I just don't like the DeAndre Ayton situation. I think not signing him to a contract really killed the vibe in the locker room to me. I feel like um, there's a lot of unknown there, and I think he is um, he's questioning his future, probably his value to that team now per se. Um, 
And nobody is shooting the ball well for the Suns either to start the season. And we know that was their bread and butter um, just last year in the playoffs. Spread you out and shoot the threes really well. Monty Williams, three seconds or less, make a decision. You know, pass, cut, shoot the ball, whatever it is. But the Suns aren't playing with that same level of um, intensity or pace. But uh, CB3 doesn't look doesn't look himself. And I just I just think the Andre Ayton situation has a trickle down effect with the Suns. No, our window it's either closed or you know, we're going to lose this guy at the end of the season because he's not signed. So might be a little premature, but I'm I'm panicking. And I like the Suns, but I'm panicking. I totally, I totally agree. That's kind of what I was saying last week when we were overreacting. TC called me crazy for overreacting. But, <laughs> hey, the, the, the Aiden situation is something that shouldn't be taken lightly because if you see one of your top three players not getting paid, what kind of motivation, what kind of message you send to the other guys on the bench, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen this a lot, but not in basketball. I can't think of a situation kind of like this in basketball right off the top of my head, but in soccer, I know that when – Contract talks go for a long time. There's a disagreement between the two parties. It never ends well. At least in the soccer world, it never ends well. And that's kind of what's happening right now in Phoenix. And to have it happen the year after you went to the finals is kind of – it's not a good sign. It's awkward. <laughs> it's, it's very, very awkward, especially for a player that was a major contributor in that run. So – Phoenix needs to find a way to get this man paid and keep everybody happy or it's going to be another rebuilding in a couple in, in a year or two. And they just came out of rebuilding. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, not a good look. They were just, they were just, just rebuilding two years ago. They, yeah, they were at the bottom of the league in 2019. Yes, sir. Yeah, I totally agree. It is time to panic with the sons of, Chris Paul is not the same player that he has been. He's just not. He provides a ton to a team in terms of leadership, in terms of attitude, in terms of example. But on the court, he's just not the same player that he has been. And, I mean, statistically, he's not. He's not passing as well. He's not shooting as well. He's taking fewer and fewer shots. Um, Devin Booker is off to a little bit of a slow start, but now more than ever, as the Suns go, so goes Devin Booker. Uh, the Suns are going to live and die by Devin Booker this year, and that's exactly where they were before last year. The reason they had success last year was because Devin Booker didn't have to do that. You had a nice pick and roll with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. That hasn't been there so far. Um, I, I personally think Mikhail Bridges needs more shots. He's playing really well. He's like yeah. the only one that's off to a hot start. And so I, I think you need to get him going more. I think he's ready for more of the load. But I do trust Monty Williams, um, one yeah. of the best coaches in the league. And so that does give me some confidence. But I just think Chris Paul is not the same dude on the court. He's not that all-star player anymore. And so with that and the Aiden situation, I think that's just too much on Devin Booker's shoulders to carry for an entire year to rise to the expectations that they have coming into this year, which is make it back to the NBA finals. And so in terms of that, yes, it is time to panic. Right now, this is looking like a first round exit type of team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about early in this season, it's not even necessarily the record. It's more like, what have we seen? Yeah, yeah, fair. And how does that bode well or not? 
And so in terms of the Suns, you also have to measure that against expectations. Like if you're just wanting the Suns to host a, f- a first round playoff series, yeah, the Suns will be fine. But in terms of their expectations of making it back to the finals, it is absolutely time to panic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Does not look like a team that's going to the finals. Yeah, that's for sure. Especially for how deep the league is this year. There, there's so yeah. many good teams. So many. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, this is – I love what I'm seeing so far. <laughs> it's like, so, it parity across the board. Equilibrium has been reached. I love it's it. It's good for the game. It's good for basketball. There are very few unwatchable games at this point. Yep. Very few unwatchable games. I mean, down the stretch, some key guys will get hurt and stuff. And, you know, so-so teams will turn into dumpster fires when they lose their confidence. <laughs> but right now, there are very few unwatchable games. So, yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Shit. The, the Magic just beat the Timberwolves by 20. So, you never know what could happen. Well, that kills some of my later points. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's talk uh... about – did somebody say dumpster fires? Let's talk about the Clippers real quick. Dion, is it time to panic for the Clippers? Oh, bro. <laughs> um, the, the answer is yes. Uh, I think for sure time to panic because I don't I don't really know what's going on there. I, I to, to be completely honest, I haven't watched one of their games. Paul George, though, seems to be playing amazing. Uh so I'm happy about that for him. But it's not looking great, guys. It's not looking great. They have been losing some really bad games. And they are down there with Thunder, the Rockets, the Pelicans. Uh, so there's not there's nothing in that roster that gives me any confidence outside of, uh, of, uh, of Paul George at all. So... I don't know, because we can't even say wait and see, because there's nobody that's coming to save them. Kawhi's not coming back for the season, so it's time to panic. It's time to panic, because I don't see anything changing unless they do, they make a really good trade, which I don't see happening. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that those two things coexist, that Paul George is balling out and the Clippers are one and four, means it's time to panic. Your only chance was for your supporting cast to suddenly be really good, and it's not. Or for Paul George to carry you to some dubs, which, I mean, he will at some point, but it hasn't happened so far despite his best efforts. So, yeah, I think this team misses the playoffs. They look terrible. DJ? Yeah, y'all took the words out of my mouth. They look horrible. Like, the Clippers going to clip is what I could think of. Like, this just looks like the old Clippers um, like, and it's weird too. Like, I've been thinking it was time to panic ever since I saw them getting that new stadium to play basketball, and they had the big reveal. Paul George and Kawhi just were not feeling it. They were sitting off to the side, like, this is just not it. Um, <laughs> this is some bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what it is, but they look uninspired. They look like they're waiting. Like, okay, we'll just. We'll, we'll let this season go by as a wash, and we'll just get Kawhi back next year where it just looks like they're out there kind of going through the motions. Like, they just like, yeah, we'll get paid for this game. I don't really know if we have to win it or not. Does anyone know if we have to win it or not? So that's what it kind of feels like, very uninspired basketball to watch. Yeah, with you, 100%. Okay, let's talk about this. This is a big one. This is one I did not see coming whatsoever. I know exactly Ooh. where I know Ooh. exactly. Yeah. I can't what's wait to hear with, y'all thoughts. I can't wait to hear y'all thoughts. What's good with the Bucks at three and four? <laughs> what's what's up with that, bro? BJ, is it time no to panic clue. with the Bucks? 
I'm going to say no. It's not time to panic, but I am not happy. Um, I'll be the first one to let you know if I'm not happy. But I, it is time to panic. It's, it's, it's a buy low. It's buy low. It's not time to panic. One, Drew Holiday hasn't played since the opening night of the season. So I give them that. Their defensive head of the snake isn't there. Their floor general, which is why they won the championship when they made that trade. Um, Lopez hasn't played. Middleton didn't play against the Jazz. So I'll give them the injury excuse for right now only. But um, I don't like what I'm seeing as far as it's Giannis and then what? Like, it looks like, okay, Giannis will get his numbers, and teams are kind of okay with that. Like, yeah, let him do what he has to do, but who else is going to beat us? Jordan Nora? I think not. Like, this is how it seems to me. Like, <laughs> it's very it's very Giannis-dependent, and that's not what it should be. Um, so I'll buy low because of injury, but um, the East, the way it's looking right now, you can't afford to get off to a – a slow start for much longer. So buy a low just for now. Facts. They need to they need to get their pieces back together because if you fall behind this year, there's no guarantee that you're gonna make it to the top just like in the past when the East was weak. They got some ballers now out there. And they just lost three games in a row. And I get it, like they have injuries, but you tell me you can't beat the Spurs. Come on now. Um, however, I did see something that really that's really encouraging, and that's Grayson Allen. I really like the way he plays. Yeah, that's a good um, he's been hooping and he's been playing hella defense. So when you bring back Brooke, when you bring back Drew, when Chris kind of gets into form, it's gonna it's, it's looking very dangerous, especially especially when you put them all together. And that's that's the thing. Like you saw it right away. You saw how much Drew. Uh, affected this team because you go out on opening night and destroyed Nets and then you come out two days later without Drew and lose by almost 50 points or whatever it was 40 points to the heat so you can tell you can tell how much one player in this system means so I mean I want to see them all back together before I uh, make a judgment call so right now I'm just holding or actually buying low to be honest. Yeah, definitely time to buy low. I think they'll be fine. Um, like you guys are saying, injuries definitely contributing to a slow start. Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday are, you know, two starters that haven't that are, haven't played yet or barely played. So when they get those guys back, they'll be fine. But it is clear to me at this point that they are not the same team defensively without P.J. Tucker, and especially without Drew, when Drew Holiday is injured. They are not very good on defense at all without Drew Holiday at this point. And so I do think they go out and they make another move like they did last year to get P.J. Tucker. So I, I do think they'll add another defender at some point because those are, those are easy to get in trades. You know, bad teams have good defenders that aren't really doing anything for them. So they'll, I, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Buy low. The, the, it's going to click for the Bucks, So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely did not see that coming. Yeah, um, at all. It's, it's mostly because you, you can't really see injuries coming. And we didn't know what how the extent of Drew's injury after night one. But it's definitely taking a toll here at the beginning. Yeah. Um, let's talk about another team that we mentioned previously, and that's the Pacers. <laughs> Is it time to panic Dion for the Pacers? 
Um, I'm holding. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm holding. Ooh, you're holding. I'm holding. What more do you need to see? I mean, <laughs> the pieces. Like, I don't understand. You're right. There, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make I, sense. I, That's why I'm holding. I'm curious. I'm curious. I've seen enough. That I don't know why it's not working, but it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. They're but, terrible right now. But Carice Levert came back, so I'm kind of optimistic about that because I love. I love the way he plays. That's true. They have a lot of good players. I don't really know why it's not clicking. They have, a, they, clicking. they have a solid starting five and a six man. So it really doesn't. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 